Welcome, everyone, to this week's edition of Behind the Braves, the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves. I'm Ricky Mast, Atlanta Braves Digital Media Content Manager, uh, rejoined by my co-host and partner on Behind the Braves, that is Director of Braves Alumni Relations, Greg McMichael. Greg, we missed you last week with B.B. Abbott. He asked about you, uh, and uh, he's like, where's Mac at? And I was like, he just hates you and didn't want to see you. Uh, no, I didn't say that, but we missed you. But uh, glad, glad to have you back this week, and glad to have one of your former teammates with us this week. And I guess he was a guy that was your teammate, uh, your rookie year, your first year in the big leagues, in Ron Gant. Of course, he was, Ron was one of my favorites as a kid. Uh, we, I briefly mentioned that. I mean, I, I remember we had to, my buddies and I, we had his baseball card. It's like, he's a 30, he's a 30, 30 guy. Like you got to have Ron Gant's baseball card, but I had been around Ron briefly about 10 years ago. I told you this the other day on what used to be before we did uh Braves fan fest or Braves fest, we would have the Braves country caravan. And so I was on it years ago and Ron was on the bus one day and it was cool to see that somebody that I was like an idol of mine as a kid was just a down to earth, good human being in person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and uh, I felt the same way just now talking with him. He just, what a really, really good man. And as you talked about, he's what a second career he's had for himself too, post baseball. So talk about Ron and your relationship with Ron. Yeah. Ronnie, um, among other things, he's a Dallas Cowboys fan. So uh, it's a funny story. We, we so he's were not in... a good human, not a good human. I take back. <laughs> Everything I just said, he, take it all back. He's from, he's from right outside Dallas now. So, uh, wow. but anyway, funny story. So my brother and I are big Cowboys fans. So we planned a trip to go to Jerry's world, Jerry world. And we're, and then we're on the sidelines and um, we're, we're trying to say hi to um, one of the Tennessee, former Tennessee players, uh, Jason Witten. And we're watching him warm up. And so we're there, we got sideline passes and, and I'm, and I just kind of turn around and standing right next to me is Ron Gant. And I said, Ronnie, what in the world? And I said, I had to come to Dallas to see you. Because, <laughs> you know, he lives there in Atlanta. But uh, but we were like, I was standing literally right next to he and his wife. I didn't even know it until I turned around. So it's kind of a funny story. And um, so anyway, we talked about it. But yeah, Ronnie's, Ronnie was great. Of course, you know, that was my rookie year, 93. And a lot of times when you it's your first experience in something you have, like, I guess it can go either way. It can be really good or it can be really bad. Well, I had an incredible experience because I had such a great team. And then these guys were just all quality individuals and uh, loved them, have, have great respect for them. And then uh, Ronnie was just one of those, you know, quality guys. And of course it comes across when you, when you talk to him and we had a great time that, that year. And so it's great. It's great to see him doing really well. We'll get into it in the interview with Ron, but we talk about him being a member of the 3030 club. Yeah. And I, I, I'll spare you all the, the, the time of reading the entire list. Uh, as I did, Ron, I spared him the time as well. I'm sure he's familiar with it, but if, if you get a chance, go check out that list, the 30 for 30 club or 3030 club in major league baseball history is quite exclusive. I mean, it's Aaron bonds, Let's see. Uh, just, you know what? No, I'm going to make you go look at it. Go look at it. It is quite a list. So just uh, one heck of a ball player. Really, really nice guy. And then we're doing something really cool this summer or this July at the ballpark to commemorate uh, the 30 year anniversary of the press box fire at Atlanta Fulton County Stadium. 
We're doing a Ron Gant bobblehead. It is the press box fire bobblehead. And it's that iconic picture of him, like with his arms up in the air, making this like he's got like this big laugh or big grin with the fire just going in the background. Uh, look that picture up, too. Uh, we're going to be giving that bobblehead away. And uh, we're also working on a little uh, special project here on Behind the Braves to commemorate that as well, which more to come on that in the coming weeks. But uh, be on the lookout for that bobblehead. There's still some tickets left, although... You know, Greg, I don't know. I, I get that uh, automated email every day with how many tickets each game has sold. And it's pretty unbelievable. You look at it every morning. I mean, uh, Braves country is showing up in force. Don't matter what time of the day, what day of the week <laughs> they're here. Uh, but right. there's, there's still a few tickets left for that uh, that, that Ron Gant bobblehead giveaway. So go ahead and check that out. Well, you know what? I've rambled on long enough. Uh, let's get right into it. Here he is, Ron Gant. Uh, hey, Ronnie, appreciate you joining us today. Hope you hope you uh, having a great day here. We've been thinking about having you on for a long time, but uh, just haven't gotten around to do it. So we got a great excuse now. We got the bobblehead coming out. We've got the <laughs> uh, the fire. We're going to talk about the press box fire. But um, but you know, I wanted to just ask you. Um, I think when I think about your career, and of course you had an incredible career, 16 years and, you know, 30-30 and Silver Slugger, two All-Stars, I mean, MVP votes in the top 10. I mean, you, you did you did a lot of great things. You're an incredible player, former teammate, loved, loved having you in left field. So we could talk about all that all day long. But one of the things I'm most proud of of you is just your second career because it doesn't happen a whole lot. And so I see uh, you just thriving. Uh, of course, you're uh, morning news anchor on Fox mm -hmm. Five, and and just did an incredible job there. Talk a little bit about just how that came about. I'm I'm fascinated to know what what led you to that, and and how how that's been going for you. Yeah, you know, uh, it was one of those things. Once I I retired, I took a couple years off of letting my body heal. Wasn't sure what I was going to do with the rest of my life. Um, after baseball, but uh, I got a call from TBS uh, to go on their radio show. Uh, ended up doing that for a little bit. Uh, did some of their on-air programming, and then uh, Valley Sports, which was Fox Sports South at the time, uh, I contacted them, or they contacted me, and uh, I became one of their analysts for the the Braves pre and post game shows, and that kind of is what led to uh, me working at Fox five as an anchor. I guess one night the bosses there saw me uh, during uh, one of the pre and post game shows. And they would, they thought they would be nice to have me on for, you know, to talk about chipper uh, and, you know, Hank Aaron and some of the other players that, that gone through the Braves organization. So I went in that morning It happened to be an extra inning game the night before the game didn't end until I think after midnight, but I had to be at Fox five at like six or seven in the morning. And I wasn't going to go and I ended up going, but one thing led to another. I went on their show. They call my uh, agent and I, I ended up signing with them. Um, and uh, it's been 10 and a half years now that I've been there. Wow. That's incredible. And you've got a little bit different schedule, right? You're up at like what, three in the morning. <laughs> it's <laughs> definitely not baseball hours, Greg. It definitely is not. Uh, yeah, I'm usually at night. I'm usually in bed, I would say, by 8.30, you know, 9 o'clock at the latest. Uh, you know, and it, what's helped now is, you know, I try to watch some of the games at night. You know, once I get in bed, it's usually, you know, fourth, fifth, or sixth inning, and I have to shut it off. Uh, the pitch clock has helped with that because it's helped move games along so I can watch more of the game. But I'm up 
and out the door. Uh, I'm usually up around 3.30 and I'm out the door and at the station around five o'clock. Well, that's an amazing feat in and of itself, thinking about going from the baseball schedule, you know, yeah. up to two in the morning. And, yeah, it's, it's tough. <laughs> that's yeah, I'm, you never get used to it, that's for sure. Wow. Was there, a, I was think, thinking about this, so I would think for a ball player, like let's say you you get drafted, you sign to be a pro ball player, and you're trying to work your way up through the minors, and a guy keeps making his way up. And at some point, I would think, especially on their way to the big leagues, you think, hey, I I can compete with these guys. Like, I'm at this next level now, and I can compete. I think I can keep going with this. Was there, you know, where you say, I can do this and I can do it really well. Was there a similar moment for you in your early in your broadcasting career where you kind of went, hey, I think, I think I've got, hey, I've got a knack for this. And I think I could be really good at this. And this is something I could do well for a while. Was there kind of a, a yeah. point in your broadcasting career where you started to realize, hey, this is I think how I want to spend the, the next phase of my life? Yeah, you know, I um, I was talking about working for Valley, uh, which is uh, Fox Sports South now. Uh, I was working for them doing the pre, pre and post game shows, but I was also flying back and forth up to MLB Network. Once I got the job there, um, and I felt like I fit in well there. I knew I knew the game. I played the game long enough. I know I know the game well enough to where I can talk about just about anything that will happen on the field. And Greg is probably the same way because he played the game for a long time. He could probably go on air right now and talk pitching all day long with you. So I just use that expertise and and I felt really comfortable with it. Now the morning news anchor stuff I wasn't so comfortable with at first because it's more of reading scripts and that kind of thing. But as far as ad libbing and knowing the game of baseball, I had no problem fitting right in there. What was that transition like? So, okay, you're, you're doing baseball broadcasting and talking about the game that you know and you've played. What was that transition like from going, okay, I'm going full into this news thing now. Like, we're not just breaking down balls and strikes. Like, I'm going to go full news. What was that? Or was that a little bit of a nervous transition or just an exciting one? Or how did that go? Yeah, you know, I uh, when I first started there at Fox 5 in Atlanta, um, on Good Day Atlanta, I – you know, at first it was really shaky. I had never read teleprompters before. And, um, you know, I never did watch the news. I always stayed away from that. And then all of a sudden now I'm thrown into that and had to learn how to do it on the fly. I didn't go to broadcasting school or uh, was taught any of that before I, I went on air. So uh, it was a learning curve. But And I was really nervous about it. And um wasn't really good at first, but I, I got to the point where I, I told myself, I can do this if I just work just like I did in baseball, take what I've learned so far and just apply it and just keep going. And so far, um, you know, it's been really good. And I feel like I've become the news anchor I wanted to be in the beginning. And uh, but it took a long, long while and a, a huge process to do that. All right. So we got to talk some baseball here, Ronnie. So uh, be honest now. Okay. You were a 30, 30 guy twice. You were close to doing it a third time. How many bases literally would you have stolen with the pitcher only being able to throw over twice and the bases being the size <laughs> of the boxes? <laughs> uh, I, you know what? It's so funny. My wife is a brunt of it because every night when we watch the game, I, I tell her, I'm like, man, I tell you, if those rules applied back then, I would, <laughs> I had fun playing the game, you know, most of my career. 
uh, sometimes maybe a too, too a little bit too much fun, but <laughs> I would have completely taken advantage of the new rules. And that's exactly what some of these guys like Ronald Acuna Jr. is doing right now. He knows when the pitcher is going to come over and he knows when the pitcher has to go home. So he's out there getting these huge jumps um, and having, you know, just a, a higher chance of stealing that next base. So, uh, man, it would have been a lot of fun for me playing <laughs> under these new rules. I was. I could imagine. I'm thinking about guys like Otis and uh, Willie McGee and and Rand yeah. and Vince Coleman. Can you imagine? Yeah, they yeah, still hundred bases with it the other yeah. way. <laughs> I, there's no that it it would have been limitless. Those the bases those guys could have stole because you're you're also starting to see guys not as much as we used to, but you're you're starting to see guys square around a little bit more. Maybe try to lay a bunt down. They're moving runners over because there's no shift that kind of thing anymore. So, uh, yeah, the game has new rules, but it is actually kind of gone back to being traditional. Yeah, that's it's it's funny. I, I think about some of you guys, and, um, and of course, you know, you you had you were a dual threat because you could you know hit it out of the ballpark with the best of them, and and uh, you know, so sometimes it's really difficult to compare, right? A lot of it's apples and oranges, and to some degree, you know, the way guys pitch with the strike zone being more wide than it was tall, and and mm-hmm. you know how they're swinging, how they're taught, you know, it's it's, it's all, but it's fun to think about because I, I was looking back at your numbers. And I'm thinking, man, Ronnie would have easily gotten done 40-40, I think. So, uh, well, well, we'll hope Acuna hits that this year. But I, I, he's he's well on his way. That is for sure. And I think he's only going to get better too. I agree. Well, I mean, since we're talking about the 30-30 club, that's definitely something I wanted to bring up. So, people, yeah, Greg and I on this show for a long time, they know. My story of being a Braves fan before I worked for the Braves, I grew up watching you and Greg and those teams of the 90s as a kid on TBS. So I I love everything to do with those teams. And I remember being a kid. And when Ron Gant hit the 30-30 club, that was a big deal. Me and all my buddies at school, elementary school, like we had our baseball cards and Braves baseball cards. Like I remember it was a big deal. You had to get Ron Gant. Ron Gant was a 30-30 guy. And even now, um, let me see if I make sure I got the numbers right. Only 43 players have ever done it. And 13 have done it twice. And you're one of those 13, which is pretty amazing. And the list of people, on, by the way, those 43 guys is, I mean, it's it's a who's who. It's exclusive, a very exclusive company. So just how, how much pride did you take in that? I mean, it's a it's it's quite an accomplishment. And no matter how the rules change the game from here on out, and if it allows more people to do it or whatever, I don't think that the, that exclusivity I'm talking about is going to change at all. It's still... The best of the best are on that list. So how much pride have you taken that? Yeah, you know, it's it's really rare that you see a guy like Ron Lacuna Jr. who has incredible balance at the plate, his hand-eye coordination. He's able to drive the ball out of the ballpark, but also be able to combine that speed and intelligence around the bases, scoring runs, taking the next base anticipating where the ball is going to be, uh, scoring from first, that kind of thing. That power and speed combination is definitely a rare thing. Uh, either you have one or the other and not both, but there's a certain group of guys that were able to, uh, you know, that was blessed and born with the ability to do both. And to be in a category with guys, you know, like like Hank Aaron and the Bonses and Willie Mays, that kind of thing. When you're talking the upper echelon of baseball, so um, it's 
it's definitely an honor. Um, it is definitely a pleasure, but a huge honor to be in a group like that. Well, um, I know that um, I know you're probably uh, ready to. Um, this is probably your evening right now compared to ours, right? So it's three o'clock. You want to get things done? We've we've had a great time talking with you. There. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But before you go, we got to talk about the press box fire, and I know we got a, a bobblehead yes. coming up here. We can't wait to have you out to the ballpark and honor you as. Uh, the great player that you were, and I know the fans are looking forward to it, but I know uh, Ricky's also been putting together something special about uh, that night that we all experienced back in 1993. So we'd love to get your thoughts on that. So I'll let Ricky take it from here. All right, so let's get into the the bobblehead. Uh, First of all, do you remember taking that picture that has now become the bobblehead? And then second part, what do you think of the bobblehead? It's pretty cool, right? Yeah, you know, um, one of the things I do remember about right before I took took that photo, I I believe I was um, I was doing an interview with Jeff Hollinger, and uh, that's when the explosion happened, and we were both like, "All right, man, I'll see you," uh, you know, and we kind of started walking towards the outfield. But Walter, our photographer, uh, was taking snapping photos, so I was like, "I have to get a photo of this," and the reason why I took the photo like that it was is because. I knew it was a huge day because we're getting Fred McGriff, but I was like, how could this happen on the same day that we do make this trade? And that's why I kind of had my hands up in the air. <laughs> it's it's funny because, yeah, it was it was definitely some foreshadowing about how hot we were going to get, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it was. I mean, a lot of people said, I believe even um, even Ted Turner said it, it was an omen. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the stadium caught fire and so did we. I mean, that was that's the saying from that day. And, you know, after that, that day. OK, so that night during the game. Uh, we were down five to nothing in that game until the sixth inning and we came back and won that game. And then I think we, we just, we just blew everyone away the, the, the rest of the season and end up winning the, uh, NL West, uh, taking over the, um, taking over the San Francisco Giants. Those are great memories. Thanks for, uh, helping, helping me relive yeah. them. And, uh, it's always yeah, great yeah. to talk about that. <laughs> yeah and of course you're you're a huge part of it i mean without you there's no way we could have got that done so uh it, it was definitely teamwork we had a bunch of great guys and you were one of the leaders in the clubhouse and kept everybody's heads heads on straight and so uh yeah we we definitely me personally want to thank you for that as well greg well, I, I appreciate that. When Whenever we talk about teams, I tell people all the time, of course, Ricky and I, we've been doing this podcast for, was it five years now, Ricky? And, um, and I've always said that 93 team was just, it's, it's sad that we didn't, we didn't finish the deal. Of course, it was a little tougher than where you just had the one, you know, the national league championship and then you, you didn't yeah. have that the other round but man that team was just so talented and it was so good and and primed and ready to go and it's just hard to believe that all that we went through we didn't we didn't win it but and also you know Rick and I've talked this about this too it was so similar to the 2021 team that won the World Series here mm-hmm. in Atlanta because they were very very average and then all of a sudden Alex makes that trade for three or four guys and and uh, they just caught fire and and uh, went went crazy so a lot of commonality between the two but hey this has been a lot of fun Ron thanks for so much for hanging out with us talking about it we look forward to seeing you at the ballpark yeah absolutely I, I cannot wait and uh yeah well it'll be some great memories uh and, and um it'll bring back some some uh some really good times and we'll definitely have fun with it for sure
All right. Sounds good. Well, you take care. Thanks, okay. Bro. We'll see you All soon, right. Greg. Talk to you soon. Bye.